In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season four. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. It is August 10th, NFL preseason, NFL training camp in full swing, guys. Um, we have gone through a mightily, mightily tough offseason having to talk about suspensions and accusations and so much stuff that we did not want to talk about. But here we are, guys, at the precipice of the fantasy football season. Seth Woolcock, Nate Polvote, back with you today on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. And guys, do we have an absolute burner of a show for you. Tonight, we're going to go through all the recent training camp news from the last two weeks. What's the deal with Kareem Hunt? What's the fallout of the Tim Patrick torn ACL? We're going to talk about all of that news tonight. Um, We're also going to do a little preview, uh, DFS preview, as well as uh, a betting preview of the NFL preseason slate coming up this week. Um, And then temperature check. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, hype trains building out there. Brandon Ayuk, man, uh, some fierce, fierce Brandon Ayuk supporters out there on the Twitter, Bird Nate. Well, I get it, though. He's getting more involved in the offense. He's looking really good. He's working hard, which was the problem last year. That's why he got in the doghouse is he wasn't practicing hard. Once he started getting involved in the offense, he was actually pretty good. I mean, you're also dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo, who didn't look great. So... If he's got a connection with Trey Lance, man, like this can be a two receiver offense. Nate's, I don't see why not. Nate is the the perfect sucker for the Brandon IU hype train right now. No, no, no. Okay, so here's the thing. I've gotten bitten by this bug two seasons in a row on him. Okay. I got really high on him in camp, and then it just it burned me at the beginning of the season. This year feels different to me. This feels like a team that's and he's he's got a better quarterback. He's got Trey Lance. Well, we'll see. You know, or at least a better skeptics are still out there arm. on Trey Lance. We're not 100% sure right now. Nate, how's it feel to be back, man? You uh you put that PTO in. Uh I don't think you've been on the podcast in a little over a month now. Um yeah. Scott and I trash sandwiches. We held down the fort for you in your absence. Um well, I mean, if we're being honest, I'd rather be doing this in Mexico than in Colorado, but whatever. We leave town again in two days, so it's fine. Absolutely. I'm happy to be back on the show, though. I've missed Absolutely. This. It's great to have you back. Great to have the in-between family riding yeah. along shotgun as well with us tonight. Um, we got Kyle in the back end, as always, our faithful producer. We appreciate his services mightily. Um, Nate, we got a lot of stuff happening here over at IBT as well as we head towards the Fantasy Football Expo this weekend. Um, first so thing I wanted to uh, announce that we will have coming very soon. Um, you guys can check out on the IBT website if you're interested. We have YouTube listeners. Um, enjoy the in-between t-shirts. Um, and uh, so you make sure you check those out on the website. Get in the merch. A little bit. Yeah, merch drop. It, merch. It's- 
been about two years for in between media. We really wanted to start by just building this awesome audience up, which we have successfully done over the last several years, and we're continuing to do so. Um, merch is the next step. So if you guys want to support us here, you want to rock an IBT uh, sweatshirt, T-shirt, whatever it may be, check that out on the website. Um, also, guys, coming very soon on the Patreon as well. We also are going to have um, our Dynasty rankings coming out. Joseph Griffin and I, we, we laid the pen to paper this offseason, made those Dynasty ranks. And Scott and I have also been mightily, uh, mightily hard working on our projections as well. So you can check out our projections. You can ch- check out the T-shirts. You can check out um, the Dynasty rankings, all that at InBetweenMedia.com. Check out our Patreon if you guys want to continue to support us. Um, we appreciate all the members of the IBT family out there. Brad, Albert, um, everyone out there in the community. Nate, um, what are you most excited for coming up these next couple of weeks as far as football is concerned? Um, I- I'm kind of starting to get into some of this preseason betting. I feel like it's kind of favorable. So so I'm really looking forward to that section as well today. So I'm staying away from the preseason betting, and I always have preseason betting and preseason DFS. It's so hard to know what's going to happen in a game. You don't know how long some of these guys are going to play. And, like, somebody – I don't know. It's interesting. Um but what I am looking forward to is the actual season starting and getting to see real NFL starter quality football. I'm looking forward to week one Broncos Seahawks to start it out. Russell Wilson versus probably I'm assuming it's going to be Drew Locke. Like this is going to be seeing where some of these players, where they landed and what they actually end up contributing to their teams is going to be one of the most interesting things about the first probably three to four weeks of the season, I think. And this really was a different offseason than we've seen in the past. So much player movement, whether it's free agency, trades, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of under under hyped rookie class mm. coming in as well. So I think I think until we get there, though, there are some generous odds out there if you're going to be betting on preseason. We're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but. I can kind of read some of these tea leaves when you look at some of these backup mm-hmm. quarterbacks. That's what it sure, is sure. for me. Um, but we're going to talk more about that, guys. Um, but, Nate, I think we should go ahead and jump right into it. We have an absolute killer lineup on the show tonight, and it starts with here, front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. All right, front and center, folks. Um, you know, part of this game, part of the, the fantasy football landscape is unfortunately injuries. And we have a slew of them here starting out the first couple weeks of camp. Um, first one here is an absolute bummer. Tim Patrick tears his ACL in Broncos camp last week. Nate, this is a tough one to swallow, not just as a Broncos fan that you are, um, but just, you know, as a fantasy football manager and just a fan of the game. Tim Patrick is kind of a really self-made guy, um, won himself a great contract extension coming into this season. Uh, you know, there are even reports out there that he could have been a dark horse to lead this team in receiving yards. Um, now it's likely going to fall on the shoulders of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Nate, um, reading between the leaves here, what do you think is the, uh, the, the, the outcome of Tim Patrick's torn ACL? Well, first, it's a real bummer because I think a lot of Broncos fans, with what we've seen out of him the last two seasons here, 
he's low-key been the best receiver on the team, even when Cortland Sutton was healthy. So it's a it's a big loss. However, I think Jerry Judy is probably the biggest beneficiary here. KJ Hamler's still kind of banged up a little bit. It hasn't been full speed at practice. And Judy can work the outside. Hamler's kind of more of a slot guy and like a single deep threat. Judy's probably going to pick up a lot of the Patrick work, I would imagine. Well, and I think why Nate believes that, and I, I absolutely agree with you. And Nate, you wrote an article last Monday before this news, and you talked about how you were not that high on Judy, specifically because you you thought he played the slot more, mm-hmm. and on three th- or two wide receiver sets, he would be off the field, whether that's you know double tight end, double running back, whatever that may be. And now it looks like Judy's definitely probably going to go out wide when they're in two wide receiver sets. I don't see them playing KJ Handler in that that role quite yet. I think he has a way to go in his progression. He's also recovering, I believe, from an ACL um, in the meantime, too. I think Jerry Judy, uh, we're going to do our all-in episode here in a couple weeks, but Jerry Judy is on my short list to possibly be an all-in selection, guys. Um, I think what we can potentially see out of Jerry Judy could be league-winning stuff. It's difficult because, Nate, all offseason we've seen on best ball underdogs, Cortland Sutton's been the guy who's been consistently drafted ahead of Jerry Judy. On ESPN, though, it's flip-flopped, and that's where a lot of our casual listeners um, are playing redraft on this year. So um, it's difficult to gauge what the ADP is going to be for Jerry Judy, but all I'll say is I think both him and Sutton are going to have 140-plus targets. Um, When you look at Jerry Judy specifically, the route separation is what does it for me, Nate. Number one in route separation in the entire league per route ran last year. So he's going to get open. And, and, you know, I think a lot of times, Nate, are just are, are you in the DK or uh, the Cortland Sutton camp over Judy still? I don't know. I don't okay. know because we haven't seen them on the field. I don't know what Ru- Russell Wilson's going to be in Denver. He might, he's going to be a similar quarterback, but it's going to be a different offense than he's used to running in Seattle. And I understand why everybody's high on Corlin Sutton because he profiles as the DK Metcalf type receiver in this offense. Right. We all know what DK Metcalf did, but Corlin Sutton isn't DK Metcalf. He's a bigger frame. He's got good hands. He's not as fast as DK Metcalf is. Well, and, and I think too, he's never played with someone like Jerry Judy. He's never right. played like Tyler Lockett is a burner. Um, you know, he also creates great separation, but he's not a technician like Judy is. I think Judy's right. going to have a lot of, you know, three, five step slants over the middle, complete him. Maybe he gets 10, 15 yards, but I think he's also going to see a, a decent amount of deep shots as well. Now without Patrick on the field, I think they're both locks for 140 targets. And the reason is looking back at um, the most pass happy year of Russell Wilson's career. That was in 2020, the COVID season. They each had 130 targets, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Transfer that to Denver, which I think is going to be more pass happy. They're going to let Russ cook. And I think you're going to get 140 targets for both of these guys. I just think Jerry Judy's going to be the more efficient player. He's going to have the shorter a dot, which which I kind of like those middle a dot receivers, Nate. So I think Jerry Judy right now, I, I'm very comfortable where he is. He's going somewhere around wide receiver 20 on ESPN. Um, Nate, are you in on that price now? Because it doesn't sound like you were a couple weeks ago. I can get in on that price now. Um, <clears throat> I'm okay with it. So according to Fantasy Pros right now, his consensus ADP is wide receiver 34, overall 71. <clears throat> That's okay because you're talking what's sixth round yeah there yeah 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 back of the five early six is probably where judy's going 
And for a wide receiver two to have, you know, a wide receiver two four mix that match that with what you could get out of Jerry Judy wide receiver one upside. I mean, it's possible, man. Both these guys are top 15 receivers at, at the end of the year. And, and you know, p- people who did not draft them are regretting it, Nate. I agree. Um, you know, it's interesting. And this is what's so funny about being an analyst and trying to figure some of this stuff out is in my article, I really like at that time, the situation that Judy was in wasn't going to be good for him this season. You disagreed yeah. with me, but if he's running mostly out of the slot, we're talking about a coach and a quarterback that have never used a slot receiver. You push that talent to the outside though, game changer, completely changes his value. I would have him probably if I, if I'm doing dynasty rankings, because now he gets to show his prowess on the outside. I'm going to guess I would have him probably somewhere around wide receiver 15, maybe even ahead of Cortland Sutton. Understandable. Guys, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, these are players that Nate and I are recommending you target this season in your drafts. They could be the type of league winners you're looking for. But Nate, let us move on. Let's go to Cleveland. Um, We didn't really talk about it with you on the show yet, but Deshaun Watson suspended six games at least. NFL, they are appealing Judge Sue Robinson's decision. They're looking for possibly a year suspension. We're not sure on that, but one thing we do know is that Kareem Hunt wants out of this Cleveland mess. He requests a trade this week. Nate, are there any fantasy implications to this? Because as it stands right now, Nick Chubb is a high-end RB2, low-end RB1, and Kareem Hunt was somewhere out in that flex radar, uh, mid-RB3. So you're, I mean, you're assuming what it's going to cost to get a running back, the caliber of Kareem Hunt, he's going to be the lead running back wherever he ends up. And I'm just working on pulling up some stats here, but right now he is going as the RB 33, which is, is that is that an ESPN or underdog? That's per I'm going off of fantasy pros. Uh, okay. Early, gotcha. Which is a mix of sleeper RT sports fan tracks, and they don't right. have their FFC rankings in yet. So, okay, so first of all, if he's a standalone running back, I'm just trying to pull up here what he did his seasons in Kansas City when he was, I mean, he was their lead running back, obviously. I I just don't, I just don't see this coming to a situation where he is traded for at the end of the day. Um, We all know that trading for running backs is a pretty bad decision Um, in the NFL. We haven't seen it happen very often. A a cut has come before uh, often trading for a running back because even paying that running back is is normally a bad decision. And then you have to give up capital to trade for them. So I just don't see Kareem Hunt going anywhere. Really, Nate, I, I, I don't know. Well, if he wants out, I mean, of course, a smart organization would trade him. Cleveland Browns, we have seen him made some really boneheaded decisions pretty much through the entirety of their organization's history. But wouldn't you want to go after a guy who in 2018 in Kansas city, he only played in 11 games. He was the PPR running back 11 in 11 games. Anytime he's played a full season, his last full season, 2020 in Cleveland played 16 games. Also an RB one. Was he he RB one that year as well? Yep. He was PPR RB 10. Like yeah. this guy's he guy's an electric player. He can score in the passing game. He can score on the ground. So if he goes somewhere, let's say he ended up in Buffalo. Right. That's that's where people are saying Buffalo, Tampa Bay is kind of what I'm hearing. I don't I, love Tampa Bay because Uncle Lenny's not done. Yeah, right. he came into camp a little overweight, but he's worked that out. It's fine. I don't know that I think I see him either Buffalo. 
Um, I could see Jacksonville maybe trying to make a play for him because they could keep him long term. And what a boon for that offense having a Kareem Hunt would be. That is true. I don't know that they're smart enough to go after him, but they should. He ends up in one of those situations. You're talking about a guy who could easily be the overall RB5 or higher on the season. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I will, I will say regardless of anything, guys, the one the one takeaway, I'm not shifting my projections at all. Kareem Hunt's going to stay where he is an RB3 for me. And Nick Chubb, though, I will say I'm a little more bullish on him than I already was. I already had him as a top 12 running back. And now he is a little bit more upside if something does happen to Kareem Hunt. Obviously, they have Dearness Johnson, who showed out last week or last year on Thursday Night Football. And they also added some rookies as well. So keep an eye on this Cleveland situation. I will say, though, Nick Chubb is really the only uh, only Brown I'm targeting right now. Nate, it seems like that's your list as well. Maybe add Kareem Hunt to it as well. Maybe Kareem Hunt, but probably not Kareem Hunt. Um, I don't like anything else about this team this season. It's just, it's just dis, it's disorganized chaos. You don't want this much noise heading in the season. I think the Browns are going to be a bad team again. I think that's where they're heading. Um, unfortunate for them, but you know they, they are playing the, the the team has to play the cards. The the general manager dealt them. Well, the thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I think that overall, as a franchise, they would have been better off keeping Baker Mayfield and never signing Deshaun Watson. And I think in five, six years, we're going to talk about what a massive mistake that was. Because this guy's about to sit for two years. Yeah. We don't even know if he's going to be good when he comes back. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We will see what happens in Cleveland there. Nate and the, Nate and I, though, are saying pretty much we're staying away from this team in general, except for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb still an RB1, locked and loaded. Get him in there. If he can see 300 carries again like he did back in 2019, he is going to be a great running back one. We just he need will. him to get those carries. And I think with J- Jacoby Brissett's low passing volume history, I think it's a locked and loaded thing there. But, Nate, let us move on to the Windy City here, Chicago. Absolute mayhem right there um, up up in Illinois. I am absolutely floored that this is even happening. Roquan Smith requests a trade. And not to, not only does he just you know make it public, hey, I'm requesting a trade. He doesn't do the, the usual, I'm going to remove you from my Instagram bio, remove all my pictures of you. He writes a letter to Bears Nation and the city of Chicago. Nate, this is serious. This seems like Roquan wants out. And I think the Bears are an absolute dumpster fire right now. And trading Roquan, not even in question, their best player, is going to be you know the latest of their mistakes. Well, they don't have a choice. The way that he made this public, they don't have a choice. They have Now they have to trade him. <clears throat> he doesn't want to be there. And you don't want a player who doesn't want to be there when you're trying to rebuild and you've got Justin Fields that you're trying to grow. They have to accept the fact that they are just going to be a really bad team this year. There's fantasy value. Maybe David Montgomery, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe Khalil yeah. Herbert, maybe not. Probably Darnell Mooney. Probably yeah. Cole Komet. Maybe Stop. Justin Fields. No, okay, no. I. But there's. But what I'm saying is, it's all shaky value. Yeah. And that team in general is just awful. Roquan Smith, I get it, dude. Like at that position, you only have so many years where you're going to be competitive. It's like why Von Miller wanted out of Denver. He didn't see it going anywhere. He didn't know what the team was doing. They seemed directionless. The ownership was a mess. He wanted to go to a better situation. He got it. He got another title. <clears throat> I get it. Roquan Smith wants out. I would want out too. I wouldn't want to be a part of this team. 
Roquan Smith is also one of the top five linebackers in the league right now. Right. And to be paid as one. And what kind of message does this send? Um, you're, you're a rookie general manager. You're coming in and you're not going to pay your best player. Someone who's been an absolute stud, an absolute dog in Chicago, and someone who's been a modest citizen as well at the same time. So I'm out on this Chicago team at, at all, Nate. Maybe a Dave Montgomery, and you know I've loved Monty for years, but right. I mean, outside outside of, of him, Roquan Smith, they have Jalen Johnson, they have Robert Quinn. They, they don't have a lot of great players on the right. Chicago team. Like Those are the only two that I can say. Them and Tevin Jenkins are the only ones that would start for another NFL franchise. The other ones might be backups. I mean, Darnell Mooney would, would start, but that's four or five players who are NFL starting caliber players on this entire team. I am full fading this team, and if I can get out from under Justin Fields, uh, Mooney, in Dynasty, I'm doing it too. I'm sorry. See, that's, I'm, pulling the, I'm pulling the plug. That's a mistake, though. Justin Fields is going to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. This season might be rough, but also, I mean, Jalen Hurts wasn't great from NFL standards last season, but he was a boon for fantasy. I can see Justin Fields having that same value. I think they're going to let him run more. He has full commitment from the team as the starter. I'm not saying I think the Bears are going to be worth absolutely anything this season, but I think Justin Fields is a super flex second quarterback. He probably has pretty good value. I I know I've talked about, I beat this with a dead horse all summer, so I apologize, but rookie defensive head coach, rookie offensive coordinator. I just don't like the optics here for, and he has no one to throw sure. to outside of Darnell Mooney. So sure. Okay. I, so Mac Jones or Justin Fields, Mac Jones, not even close. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Derek Carr, Justin Fields. Oh, Derek. That's not even a question. Ryan Tannehill or Justin Fields. Okay. You got me. I'll probably take Justin Fields, but I don't want, I I don't want either of them. My set, if I'm in a super flex league, my second quarterback is coming before. I mean, I'm just going to miss Justin Fields at ADP and I'm okay with that. Davis Mills or Justin Fields. I like that one because it rhymes. uh, Probably Davis Mills. Honestly, at at ADP too. We're talking ADP. Yeah. And I'm with you on Davis Mills. Yeah. I'm hot on Mills. So Guys, I'm just saying I'm avoiding the Bears team this this year. If Monty falls in drafts, maybe go after him. Other than that, though, um, I, I'm good on this. Nate still has some hope for Fields, for Mooney. Um, I, I, I'm not as bullish. Um, but Nate, moving forward here, let's go to New York City. It's been a it's been a wild ride for Jets fans so far this off season. I've been calling them my Frisky Jets since uh, really since like May or June at this this point, Nate. Um, however, they suffered a major blow to the offensive line, Mackay Becton who has struggled to stay on the field at times in the last few seasons. Um, he suffers a fractured kneecap. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the Jets, obviously missing one of their best and elite offensive linemen. Nate, what is your takeaway from this uh, early injury in training camp? Very unfortunate one as well to Beckton and his family. So I, as we all know, maybe, I did offensive line rankings for fantasy pros this offseason. I'm going to carry them through the season. I had the New York Jets all the way up to number 12 as far as offensive lines. They'd made moves. Like they'd, they'd done things that made them better. Connor McGovern, Lake and Tomlinson. They got Lake and Tomlinson back. is good, yeah. Yes, they have Elijah Vera Tucker. And then Mekhi Becton on the right side was a big deal for Zach Wilson. Having that protection, finally having him back. Missed all of 2021. Well, now Becton's gone. 
So it sounds like they're going after Dwayne Brown, who was a pro bowler for Seattle last season. If they can get him and if he's full, like if he's got it all, he's playing well. Cause we saw it happen to Andrew Villanueva in Baltimore last season. He was a shell of himself. Well, also Eric Fisher too. Eric Fisher is kind of, kind of the same way. Fell off pretty quickly. Uh, do you worry about Dwayne Brown was charged with something? I don't remember exactly what it was, but that's why he was released from Seattle. So do you worry that this could just be another distraction for the Jets? I mean, you can't really get much more distraction. Yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson's out there, you know, you know, I don't think we need to go back into that one, but uh, yeah, I think honestly though, this is hurting Brees Hall just a little bit in my rankings. I'm probably going to drop his yards per carry, maybe like 0.1 of a yard. So he'll probably come back a, a little bit. Um, I think the offense and hold him a little bit down on Zach Wilson compared to where I was. Cause Nate, a month or two ago, you know, I was kind of hot on Zach Wilson. I liked what you I, what were. I saw. And I, and I told you, I told I know, you now, now we're hearing some training camp issues still with the accuracy um, Elijah Moore's looked great though in, in training camp, which I, sure, okay. he, he's the one jet I've actually kind of been off at ADP too. If you remember, I've been me, all about Garrett too. Wilson. So didn't we talk, didn't we talk about him on the Polly's playoff potathon? Yeah. Moore. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Th- th- this is a tough one for the jets. Um, my advice though, I'm still taking Brees Hall around ADP and, and I'm okay yes. with Garrett Wilson around ADP. But I, I, outside of that, man, I, I can't pay, the price for Elijah Moore anymore. I, I don't think I ever could. No, I'm okay with Brees Hall still. I'm fine with Brees Hall still. And you should be too, man. You saw Najee Harris go off with a terrible line. That's true. Yeah, a terrible it, line. it was volume though. It was volume. I don't see... Brees I Hall's still... going to... Dude, if this team is as bad as I think they're going to be, Brees Hall's going to get like 500 carries. So... I am projected for around 250, 260 right now. However, we did Michael Carter was just got banged up today as well. I don't know the I don't know if it's gonna be a long term thing. I don't think it's going to be, but something to keep in mind. Michael Carter's already shook up a little bit. That's gonna open the door for Brees Hall on third down. This could be a league winning type RB. Um I like him quite a bit, Nate. I'll tell you that. I'll t- I'll, I'll tell you that. We, we got Brad Bolt saying I take Mooney over any Jets wide receiver. I would, too, I would too. probably Brad. Not However, even close. at cost though, I would prefer Garrett Wilson at cost. I think they're similar receivers. I so. don't like what I'm hearing about Garrett Wilson out of camp. It's been a slow start. It's been a slow start. We haven't seen anything flashy, but I'm all right. I'm all right with Garrett Wilson at ADP. Um, Nate, we should move forward though. Here we do have some more news around the NFL. Let's start with some contracts. The wide receivers got it done. Tory Dondi. Tori Dondi, the agent for all these uh, young wide receivers, he got it done for Debo Samuel. Debo gets a three-year, $71.5 million extension. At one point, we thought, could Debo be a Jet? Could he be on a different team? Was he going to make it through the NFL draft? I'll just say, Nate, I got to spend my NFL draft with a bunch of Niners fans, and there was a sigh of relief when Garrett Wilson went with the 10th pick because it meant Debo was probably staying. And here he is. He's staying. And even more more impressive is Debo's come out and said that um, it was misconstrued what he was saying about not wanting to play running back. So he might be in the backfield once again here, Nate. Well, Shanahan's already said they're going to use him the same way they used him last season. <clears throat> I was low on Debo. I wrote about being low on Debo a few weeks back because of all the uncertainty. But now that we know, there are two things that were important to me. 
it was one knowing who his quarterback was going to be. We now know it's Trey Lance. We've been told it's Trey Lance. Yep. Yep. Jimmy G's working on the side of practice, not even yep. a part of this team anymore. He, he more than likely won't be a 49er by the time the season starts. Two, and most importantly, he got his contract worked out. He's happy. He's full of cash. He's fat and happy. So what's going to happen now is they're just going to keep using him the way they were using him. And with Trey Lance at quarterback, you need that like multi-tool. How imagine you start somewhere new. You've had a year of training, but now like you've got to do the thing. <clears throat> but you have this like helper who can do everything. He can catch passes downfield. He can catch short passes. He can take a reverse for 40 yards. When you're in trouble, you can shovel the ball to the dude and he's just going to take off running. It's like having a multi-tool. Well, I think the thing is, he, he could be the best friend of a young Trey Lance. He's a guy who's going to mm-hmm. get yards after the catch. Hit him short. You hit him three yards in stride. He could take that eight yards. He could get you a first down. He could take that to the house. And I think that's what Trey Lance is going to try to do here with Debo. He's efficient, though, Nate. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. His efficiency metrics through the roof. His yard after the catch led the NFL. Exactly. So I think Debo's a good buy. My only issue with him right now that I am getting a little concerned about is his ESPN ADP. He is now 11 overall, not wide receiver 11, 11 overall going in the first round of ESPN drafts. Yes, that. so he got Ooh. pushed up quickly. Again, I thought that was a little high looking at it compared to where we've seen Debo go kind of in the mid to late second all off season. So that might not be the case. Um, I got him at 3-6 in Polly's playoff. Today. But that was a super flex league. You, you, super flex league. It's, it's it's a one and a half PPR. Okay. Yeah. So. I I don't know. I, I will. I am absolutely in on Debo Samuel somewhere around too. the seventeenth to twenty fourth pick. That's probably where I'm targeting. Mm-hmm. Anything above them there, I'm probably going to let someone else take him and take a different part of this offense. Yeah. I. I mean, getting. I love what's possible, but I'm not taking him too early. He's not the sure thing. Just his ceiling is. Yes. Wide receiver one slash RB one. I mean, wide, wide receiver one for, yeah. I, I, to me, I have him that I have him a wide receiver five right now. He's right neck and neck with Stefan Diggs for wide receiver five. Of course I have Jamar chase, um, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson Cooper cup and Devontae Adams, that's my top four. So Debo Samuel falls right in around Stephon Diggs. I want to see what happens these next couple weeks with the RBs in San Francisco. Um, we're, we're hearing a lot of good reports out of a couple of these backs in um, behind Elijah Mitchell, actually. Um, Trey Sermon had a big practice today. Mitchell did not even <laughs> practice. So you know, something Trey Sermon had out. big practices last training camp too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But I'm, that is the one thing I, I do suggest people monitor. If we're not seeing a lot of these RBs gain any traction, um, whether it's Tyreon David Davis Price or uh, oh man, I, I can't even. I can't. I just forgot his name again. That's how irrelevant he was last year. <laughs> um, it's all good. We're, we're moving on here. DK Metcalf, guys, also paid. DK Metcalf. Three years, $72 million deal. Another Tory Dondi. Tory Dondi deal. Getting it done, Mr. Dondi is. 
Nate, are you interested in DK Metcalf, current price wide receiver 18 in ESPN? So you're probably going to be getting him somewhere around uh, around round five range. It, it, you know, that's wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. Um, I'm sold. I'm in. You don't seem as sold, though. You don't. I don't think you've been all offseason. So it's going to – I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm so weird about this whole Seattle team right now. <clears throat> Trading Russell Wilson was a sign that they are ready to completely, completely rebuild. <clears throat> I'm kind of surprised they didn't shop DK Metcalf more this offseason. Maybe they did, and they couldn't do anything with him. Price was too high. You've got Rashad Penny and Ken Walker in the backfield. <clears throat> Chris Carson is done. You've got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. That's and, Mar- Marquise Goodwin, Noah Fant. These are Freddie Swain. Noah Fant. Yeah, Noah. Uh, Freddie Swain, uh, whatever. Here's how I look at it, though, Nate. I just, I think DK is, he's going to get the volume still. Like outside, sure. of, outside of Noah Fant and Tyler Lockett, nobody on this team is going to be eclipsing 50 targets. So I think he's going to get the targets. The I think the question comes down to how efficient are those targets, you know? Because we saw the same thing well, with Jerry, the- Jerry Judy, his fresh or, uh, rookie year with Drew Locke. I but, want, yeah, exactly. But they I want efficient Geno targets. Smith. I want Geno Smith here. Geno Smith is historically is better with DK. DK obviously. was wide receiver four during the three games that Geno Smith started last season. So obviously four touchdowns in, in that stretch definitely you know helped inflate those numbers. However, I think DK, I think he's worth a shot at wide receiver 18. I don't know if he has true wide receiver one potential, but I think he at least has high-end wide receiver two potential. I'm thinking he finishes somewhere between wide receiver 14 and 15 this year. I'm willing to pay that at wide receiver 18. Yeah, I think there's a chance. I've already gotten roasted for this on Twitter, so screw it. I think there's a chance that Drew Locke is actually really good this year. No, no. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> I think that he's... I think he exceeds. I think he exceeds. He may exceed expectations. I'm not saying I wouldn't put money on it, but I think that it could happen. It's, it's happened before. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. We were all like, "What's this trash bag doing here?" He's it's a suck. different different type of thing, though. I is it though? I, I come down to if Geno Smith is the starting quarterback for the Seahawks. I'm comfortable with DK Metcalf as my wide receiver too. If it's Drew Locke, I'm less comfortable. Maybe that's a personal thing. I think Geno's a dog. He's been a dog since WVU. So we'll we see have how to be a dog playing in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You do. But he was, is- he was, I mean, dude, this is a tough one. Cause like, I think DK gets the volume, but like you said, are they efficient targets? If it's Locke, they might not be. If it's Geno Smith, they also might not be. It's hard to tell. Yep. Deontay Johnson, also a happy camper now down there in Pittsburgh. Congrats to Deontay Johnson. He gets paid two years, $36.7 million deal for Deontay DJ, as they call him down there in the Berg. Um, this is a nice story. This is a nice story. Deontay wasn't a high profile uh, pick. Um, he actually, funny story, the Steelers actually got Deontay Johnson the pick for him from trading Antonio Brown. So, um, you know, kind of a cool thing there. They end up getting a guy, they lock up. The big place I think Deontay Johnson needs to improve, and we've seen it every year. He's a target hog, 150-plus targets last season. However, he hasn't been efficient. The question is, though, Nate, 
is that a big Ben Roethlisberger issue or is that a Deontay Johnson issue? Because as a Steelers fan, I don't know if I can answer this non-biasedly because Deontay does drop passes in clutch situations um, and he, he's not a big yards after the catch guy. But is that to Big Ben's doing and not him? So Big Ben, as much as you want to knock him, <clears throat> and as bad as he was the last two seasons he was in the NFL, <clears throat> I still think he might be better than what they have, especially if they go with Mason Rudolph. They are not going with Mason Rudolph. I, I, I don't think they will either. Um, I, the dude's just not a good quarterback. M- M- Mitch is a leader. Mitch has come in. He ran the offseason programs. Um, they ha- He had him down at their house. Um, so I, I think Mitch is a leader of this team, and I don't think there's a question about it. Kenny Pickett, I have projected he will upend him by the Steelers' bye. I think the Steelers have a start or a shaky start to their season, um, some pretty tough games. But I think Mitch will be okay. I think Kenny will be better. Um, but really, I think Deontay Johnson, he's another guy I'm okay with drafting this year. And I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking down the door for him by any means. He's wide receiver 17 right now in ESPN. And that feels fair. And he's a guy, I, I thought he was going to be a bust last season and he wasn't. But I think it can't get much worse than it was for, for Big Ben at times. And um, some of those games were painful to watch. I'm going to be honest. I, I watched every Steelers game very closely, always had that on in addition to red zone. And it was a tough, tough watch at, at times from Big Ben. But I'm in on Deontay Johnson. Nate, does this affect anyone else on the team? Um, we've heard great things about George Pickens as well. Yeah, Pickens has been like kind of the star of Steelers camp, really. Yes, sir. Who people are talking about. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I really liked Pickens coming into the draft. I think he was one of the more talented receivers. And they went, I liked that they got Pickett a weapon off the bat. And then they also went out and they, they drafted Calvin Austin, what, fourth round, I think. So I think that this is like a, either put up or shut up for Chase Claypool. Yeah, like, Chase Claypool. He has to get it done this year. And I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to see the opportunity because you've got basically you got Pat Fryermuth, who's a tight end wide receiver, which is kind of the role that Claypool was playing. If you think about it, that big body that can go up for jump balls. We've well, got that in Fryermuth now. And then you got Pickens, you've got Deontay Johnson, who you just signed to a two year extension. I don't know that Claypool is a stealer next season. I agree. I don't know that Claypool doesn't necessarily well, get traded before the trade deadline. He has year. he he has one more year on on his contract after this. Maybe they would ship him out of town. But George Pickens coming up is actually not great for Chase Claypool. It's not great for Pat no. Firemuth either. They both needed some of those targets. Um, when I first did my Steelers projections, I had Claypool around 100 targets. I had Pickens around 70. I think it might be more even now. Um, I am a little bit concerned uh, about Chase Claypool's future with this team and his Mm -hmm. current production as well. So probably avoiding Chase Claypool, even though the price is cheaper. I'm going, I'm going in though. Like I'm, I'm in on, I'm in on uh, uh, George Pickens. We're going to talk a little bit more about, about him and the Steelers later. Um, A couple other notes around the league. Um, Adam Sheehan dealt for a six round pick to Houston. He was the backup tight end in Miami. If anything, this just creates more opportunity for Mike Gesicki. He's been kind of a sleeper this year just because there's, you know, other targets to go around there to Tyreek Hill, to Jalen Waddell um, down there in Miami, Nate. Well, so here's the thing about Shaheen. Uh, He has 50 catches for 509 yards and seven touchdowns over five NFL seasons between the Bears and Dolphins. 
he's at best third on this depth chart in Houston between bet- behind Pharaoh Brown and Brevin Jordan. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> if My- you're looking for fantasy relevancy in this, there's none. Okay, don't, I don't, thought it was maybe a good thing for Mike Kosicki, but you know, Penn State loyalist over here. So, well, I mean, okay, man. but like, dude, fifty catches over five seasons—he's averaging ten catches a season. Yeah, that doesn't affect anybody. Well, Nate, we're gonna go ahead and move on. We're gonna talk about some DFS and preseason betting here in the next segment: matchup management. But before that, if you guys are new to the In Between uh, Fantasy Football Podcast, new to In Between Media, if you guys like feel-good lifestyle advice combined with fantasy football, fantasy golf, uh, fantasy NASCAR advice, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, wherever you guys are getting your podcasts. So that's the easiest way to support us over here at IBT Media. Nate, let's go ahead. And jump into matchup management. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? All right, Nate. Matchup management is back. Not quite the regular season, but we are close here, guys. Um, I, I want to be so close. Yeah. So close. Yeah. I want to preview the slate coming for us in preseason this week. Um, Specifically, I was looking at this first slate that uh, is taking place tomorrow night. We have Tennessee at Baltimore, and we also have the New York Giants at New England Patriots here. So some some tough, interesting games here. I will say the DFS landscape is kind of weird right now. They price all the players pretty much the same around 5,500 because they don't know who's playing, who's not. Um, but a, cu- a couple notes for these next couple games here, Nate. Um, for Thursday night, the Baltimore-Tennessee game, I think it's very interesting f- from a game perspective. I think the Ravens are going to crush the Titans here. Titans are going to send out um, a combination of Luke Woodslide and Malik Willis at quarterback. I, I know we're all kind of happy to see Malik Willis, but um, it's likely going to be Tyler Huntley out there for Baltimore. And Tyler Huntley was an absolute dog last year, tore it up multiple times. Um, and Ravens are actually um, un, uh, minus three and a half points in this. Um, that's minus one, 110 odds on that too. So not quite plus money, um, but I think over um, uh, over Tennessee at home, I like Baltimore in this one. Nate, are you leaning Baltimore in this one too? I think so. <clears throat> I think they – so this is interesting because I've been thinking about it since I trashed it in the beginning, <laughs> knowing that it was on the show sheet. <clears throat> so – this is a good way if you really love football to win some money before the season starts, because like you said, understanding Huntley's probably going to play two quarters. Yeah. So like, if you want to go like some over under stuff on Huntley, you're probably, there's a good chance that you could win on that. Or if you want to do, I can't remember the company who does like a versus, but th- there are ways to make money here. And I think Baltimore is probably a deeper team than Tennessee when oh, it comes to oh. the skill position. So they're going to win because they're going to be rolling out better players, second string, third string guys on the fringe than Tennessee will be. So well, yeah, and, no, yeah. That, and that's a smart bet. And I think at the end of the day too, like Huntley's proven himself. Rashad Bateman also might be playing mm-hmm. this week. If Rashad Bateman is playing, all I'm saying is hammer down the Rashad Bateman and the Tyler Huntley stack. 
um, they had 5.8 targets per game um, when they played together last year. So Huntley is consistently looking for Bateman. No Mark Andrews, obviously, in this one. He's been rolled out already. So I think Huntley's going to go to Bateman early and often. They got James Prochet. They got Devin DuVernay. But not a lot of great options outside of Mark Andrews, you know, with him sitting this week. So I love the Bateman stack. He went over 100 yards one time with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. Also, a, a guy we've kind of talked about a couple times here at the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Nate, is Tyler Batty. I'm very interested in Tyler Batty, Nate. Um, what say you, Batty, someone who actually led the SEC in rushing last year. So I think he could be um, interesting here in the first preseason game. Oh, definitely. I think he could be interesting during the season, too. We'll have to see where that goes. If you lead the SEC in rushing, I kind of have a rule when I'm scouting rookies and looking at college players. If they play in the SEC, I tend to like, I don't, there's, I weight them higher because there's so much pro style going on in the SEC because everyone's trying to keep up with Alabama and Nick Saban is coached in the NFL and he runs a more pro style program at Alabama. So anybody coming out of the SEC, I generally will lean like, okay, they're probably going to be more pro ready. That's why I loved Mac Jones so much. Clemson yeah. is kind of an exception to that. Uh, Clemson's ACC, never mind. Guys, uh, uh, another stack here. If you are playing some preseason DFS that I could recommend to you, what about Wandale Robinson and Daniel Jones? And I'll tell you, Ooh. Robinson is someone I was not really on coming into the season. Um, I didn't, I didn't really like his profile, but the more and more I've seen him flash at Giants camp. I like him, and I think in this one specifically, um, it, it has come out that Wandale is projected to start next to Kadarius Toney and Kenny Galladay. I'm not sure that the Giants are even going to throw Kenny Galladay out there. Just He has no. been so injury-prone. Um, but with that said, I don't expect New England to put a lot of people in on their defense. Everything out of New England camp is saying they are struggling on offense. So I think they'll rest their defensive starters Maybe Mac and the boys are out there to try to get a little bit of cohesion together. Um, But I think overall, Nate, that um, the Giants actually could be be in play for a sneakily big day just because of the the quality of defense they're playing against. I I, I think you're right. Um, If New England's going to be rolling out second and third string all night, I mean, Daniel Jones has got a lot to prove to this team. Wandale Robinson, I'm not surprised that he's – probably slated to be a starter. I don't like that Giants wide receiver core. Tony's fine. I have questions. He had one big game last season and everybody's salivating over it. If he doesn't have a better quarterback though, I don't know that it matters. Yeah. Nate, last one for you here that I'm interested in playing if he is going to give it a go here on Thursday night. And that's Ramondre Stevenson. All signs are reporting that Ramondre is the RB1 here in New England. Kind of a surprise with Damian Harris having such an effective season in 2022. However, Ramondre, he had a very big preseason last year. I think he's going to have a big preseason this season. And Nate, rumors just came out this evening as well that Damian Harris could actually be on the trade block for New England. So I haven't I hadn't heard that because the hour and a half before the show I spent feeding and putting my child to bed anyone who who has a he starts kindergarten the day after we get back from the expo wow oh dude i know it's got to be weird for you too right like i've done you for two and a half years man like all of a sudden this kid's in kindergarten so i i didn't hear that but i'm not surprised 
I was on the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast with Pat Fitzmaurice and Scott Bogman last week. And we had a discussion about this. Damian Harris, this is his last, this is the last year of his contract. Bill Belichick doesn't pay. He doesn't pay guys. He gets what he can out of them. And unless they are extremely exceptional Tom Brady types, Julian Edelman, he doesn't re-sign them. Yeah. So Damian Harris is gone. Ramondre Stevenson is the dude. And he is going to be the RB1 this season. I never doubted it. I didn't doubt it when I was drafting him in every dynasty league last year in rookie drafts. Yeah, you were hot on Ramondre Stevenson. I will say that. I'll give you credit for that one. I love the dude. Well, I profiled him for one of our preview podcasts last season. And I started watching film. I was like, no, dude, this guy's like Corey Dillon. When I think when you look at Ramondre, the one thing that gives him sneaky fantasy football upside here in 2022, he's actually a better receiver than I think we all thought. And, you know, he doesn't really profile as receiving back. He's kind of a heftier bowling ball type of looking guy. But dude he, catches he, the ball. He catches it. Yeah, he is kind of like, a you know, Uncle Lenny up there in New England, you know, just catching <clears throat> those dump offs. So to Mac Jones, who has struggled, and I've actually heard the offensive line has been the biggest issue. Yes. Um, the, the New England Patriots have been very good in seven-on-sevens here in training camp. However, when they move to the 11-on-11s, the, their offensive line cannot block anybody. So I think he's going to get a lot of dump-off passes. Expect him to have a big Thursday night if he plays. I'm hammering Ramondre Stevenson um, in DFS lineups this week. Nate, um, one final bet I wanted to talk to you about preseason this week, weekend coming up. Um, we have an exciting one here. We have the Carolina Panthers. They're going to be playing the Washington football team. Dan Snyder's mess has just gotten messier. Carson Wentz is looking pretty bad in Washington training camp um, for the few fans that did show up for him. Oh, dude, those pictures are pathetic. It's so it, bad. It has not been great. It has not been a great time to be a Washington commander fan. However, Panthers coming into town here, Nate, and I think – they are going to absolutely smash it. And the crazy thing about this too, and maybe it's because Vegas is projecting Carson Wentz to play, but you can actually get the Panthers money line. So if the Panthers win at plus money, plus 135, so you can easily make some money here just if the Panthers win. No points involved at all. Mm -hmm. So I think over Washington, Baker is hungry. He wants to come into this one. Matt Corral has been an absolute dog Mm -hmm. as well. And when I think, you know, when you look at at these backup players for Carolina, they're not bad. Terrace Marshall Jr. was a very good player in college. He's going to get a lot of run in him. Chuba Hubbard, you know, I know some of us at IBT, Bo McBrayer, you know, included, does not like Chuba Hubbard too much. But Chuba's an okay back. He got run. They have Dante Foreman too. So I just like Carolina a lot better. Um, Only person I think in Washington that's worth a damn is going to play in this is Dotson. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. this is my thing with preseason is it some of these, some of the games are easy to grade. And when you find the ones that you can actually like reliably place bets on place bets on them. <clears throat> this is a tough one though, because you, like you said, with Washington, we don't know John Dawson, probably. Yes. That's probably a safe bet. Baker's a safe bet in Carolina though. <clears throat> they've got to see what they've got in him. They've got to see if he can mesh. Matt rule is playing for his, is coaching for his job. <clears throat> yep. And yeah. I personally think he gets fired by like week twelve. Okay, I'm. I, I, he's looking slim out there. He's been spending time in the office. He's been getting that cardio going. I have a little bit of faith in this Carolina team. I, I'm. I'm it. glad he's healthy. 
That's great for him. Yeah. I, Congratulations, I Matt Rule. Lose that weight. Great thing to do. It doesn't make you a good coach, though. So, guys, in review here um, for some bets we like this week, I'm going Ravens uh, minus three and a half points, um, and I'm going Panthers money line here at plus money. So make sure you guys continue to follow us here at IBT for more betting, for more DFS advice. We have our DFS tailgate show that we'll be back on Sunday mornings once the season runs around. That's an absolute blast of a show. We're going to have a lot of fun on that this season. Um, guys, we do have a little bit more for you tonight. We're going to go in temperature check. We are going to talk about some of this hype train building. George Pickens, um, Brandon Ayuk, um, all this good stuff. What does it mean? What should we take away as fantasy managers and drafters we're going to talk about that here in just a second but a reminder if you are new to the channel please subscribe if you enjoy this type of content we got fantasy football fantasy nascar uh fantasy golf and betting content coming for you and cooking guys yeah don't forget about cooking yeah we got cooking content we got music content whatever you guys can write um but nate let's go ahead and jump into temperature check here Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy So, Nate, we already kind of talked about this hype train a little bit when we talked about Deontay Johnson. But George Pickens, I think right now he is an absolute smash at ESPN ADP. He's going wide receiver 63 in the 13th round. And we know just the type of talent that George Pickens has. He's been highly, highly sought after in a lot of Debbie leagues since coming out of high school. And now he gets his opportunity with the Steelers here. Um, and he's been showing out in training camp, looking like an absolute dog, going at it against like Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. and some other guys. You know, he's a he's a he's a he's a dog. I, I don't really know how else to say it. I, I'm loving him at wide receiver 63. I don't know if there's a better value that late in the draft. There probably isn't. <clears throat> the, he dude, like you said, he's a dog. I was part of some conversations today about George Pickens. And the discussion was, how did he fall so far in the draft? Well, there were concerns about his intensity in college. Uh, Have you seen an NFL locker room? Have you watched Hard Knocks? That's what these guys do. That's how you succeed in professional sports. You have to be a dog. You have to be dedicated. You have to fight. You have to want to win. George Pickens is all of those things. Yeah. I mean, this dude, we could be talking about a guy who in – 15 to 16 years we're like oh oh first ballot hall of famer wow whole oh, okay okay <clears throat> dude if you've got that dog in you that's like think about guys like jerry rice he was undersized <clears throat> the only person he has more catches than anybody over 40 in the history of the nfl Fair george enough. george pickens is that he's a dog yeah <laughs> he's I, gonna I, get it done i like him at that adp mm-hmm. guys i think he's well worth the value um, Nate, also the other, uh, hype that is just growing right now is Brandon Ayuk. We are seeing clips out of camps. He's making great plays in camps. He's gone a couple fights with Fred Warner. You can take that for what you want. Fred Warner is the captain. He has kind of been pushing him a little bit. I kind of took it as a negative. All the 49ers fans on Twitter though, they told me I'm freaking stupid. They said, I'm stupid. Kyle Shanahan loves that shit. So, uh, Nate, what do you make of Brandon Ayuk? Like his ADP is going to be somewhere around wide receiver forty. I still like George Kittle better at his price. I'm still willing to pay for Debo if he slides in the second round. Um, Brandon Ayuk, I just don't know, man. I, I don't know. There's too many question marks with him. I 
I'm like medium, medium on him because I could see it going really well, but I can also see it going very poorly. I'm higher on him this season. Ah, This is a hard one. If San Francisco is good and is pushing for a playoff spot, that means that Brandon Ayuk had a really good season. Okay. You think he's a pivotal player then? I I do. I, I just don't know what to expect from him. They have such a committee of backs. They have, you know, George Kittle, Debo. I, I don't know overall. I just think the targets in general in San Francisco, the pass volume is going to go down a little bit. So I guess that's why I'm concerned. It could. They do have Danny Gray, rookie that they just drafted um, in the third round that I think he could be interesting. Um, they still got Juwan Jennings as well. So I don't know. Brandon Ayuk, to me, he's been a preseason you know, hype train, hype machine, clip machine. The social media content team over there in San Fran, they got to love him, man. Um, <laughs> but I will say I think his ADP is going to continue to rise in the next couple of weeks, and I don't think I'll pay the price it takes to get Ayuk. Just me. Personally. I mean, if you're getting him at wide receiver 41 where he's sitting right now, okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to ding you for taking him there. But I, sure. I, I think he, I think his ADP is going to go up with the recent hype. It will. It will. Um, other one I want to talk about here, Nate, Tyler Algier. He was listed as the eighth RB on the Atlanta Falcons running back depth chart coming out this week. First official one. Does this mean anything to you, Nate? Because I don't care about depth charts right now. I care about the depth chart when we get to August 30th. Okay. <clears throat> the, the, I like Algier a lot. I like his ADP because it's very low. You can get him on the super cheap. And he's likely going to be the lead back on this team. I think it still could be Patterson, man. I really do. But for for how long? How long realistically can Patterson – he's going to be 33 when the season starts, I believe. I mean, he, he lasted up until week 14 last season, looked really good. Um, Bro, I w- look, I'm going to tell you right now, I went from 39 to 40 recently, and the change in my body was crazy. He couldn't, yeah, sure, he had the stamina to what he ran 12, 12 games where he was just crushing it. I don't know that he has more than like four or five like big performances this season. Are you taking Cordell Patterson in drafts, Nate? I am not. It's too right. risky. Right now, he's RB26 on ESPN ADP. However, I will say I've been in a lot of drafts this summer. And I will—I mean, a lot of these are analysts, so maybe the whole analysts are fading him a little bit. But I've been getting him RB30, RB33, RB34. Um, he's RB31 in ADP per Fantasy Pros. So. And, I mean, this is a guy who was an RB1 last season. Nate. I know it was fluky. I know it was weird. I know he had double-digit touchdowns for the first time in his career. But he's gonna have forty to fifty receptions, guaranteed. They they don't have that. Much I don't know that he will because they've got Kyle Pitts, George Pickens, and we're looking at Marcus Drake Mario. London. Drake London, you mean? Drake London, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and then out after that, you've got. I mean, Desmond Ritter's your quarterback, or Marcus Maybe. Mariota. I don't know, man. I I don't think there's anyone after those guys. It's it's the name I can't pronounce. Ola's whatever the Z. Ola means Zacchaeus. Yeah, I can't pronounce his name and a bunch of Jags, honestly. So yeah. uh, I, I, I don't. Have, we'll um, see. Brian we'll Edwards see. is there too, but still, over, like over, you said, Jags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I don't think you pay a guy five mil a year, two years to come back if you're not going to use Cordell Patterson. 
his efficiency metrics were off the chart 10.5 yards per reception last season um touchdowns off the chart too but i like patterson better than algier here um nate let's bring it home though with two attack tag of loa to talk has been trending here lately um the last couple of weeks we saw some really good clips him hitting tyreek in stride just having absolute lasers um but you saw a clip today that he didn't look as good it seems like well yeah it was a it was a very um he was throwing ducks it was like watching Peyton Manning towards the end of his last season when we still won a Super Bowl, but he didn't look good. <clears throat> but also, it's camp. I'm not that worried about it. We've heard so many reports that he's played so well, and he's looked like he's <clears throat> getting some cohesiveness with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddell, and his offense is looking decent. But it's still the Miami Dolphins. <clears throat> like I, I grew up with an inept Dolphins team that had Dan Marino at quarterback. So you've just got to wonder, like, is he going to come out and play well or is training camp training camp and he just is inaccurate, tanks Tyree Kill's value? But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I'm, I think that- I'm, I'm coming around and, and you guys know I've been a two a doubter for a long yes. time, but I'm starting to come around a little bit. New information comes in and I think we have to be willing to adapt to that. Absolutely. I think with those weapons, with Tua or with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and Mike Kosicki, I mean. That's a really good core there. I think it is. I was low on him. I was I was out on Tua, but I think now around that QB sixteen to seventeen range, it makes sense for him. You know, I don't I don't mind if you're going with a platoon QB strategy, um, a Derek Carr, and you want to pair him with a Tua. Yeah. Um, you know, look at road road and home game uh, matches. I think that that's a good thing to do if you're going to go with that platoon. But I definitely like Tua a lot more now than I did a couple weeks ago for sure. Well, and having good good players around you can prop you up and make you a better player, especially for fantasy. When you have quality people to throw the ball to who can actually catch it. It's not just Jalen Waddle, not an injured Devonte Parker. You've got Waddle, Tyree kill. Gusecki's going to be on the field more now that he's getting more efficient at blocking. I think it's good all around for Tua. Like the news out of Miami for him. Fantasy wise is all good. Absolutely. Well, Nate, I want to appreciate, you know, say I appreciate you being here tonight. I know we got Canton in a couple days, so things are a little hectic. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate our producer in the back end, Kyle, being here as always. Kyle! Um, Yeah, Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Hope you're having a good night out there. Um, And I want to thank the in-between family, man. I mean, this audience has been amazing. They're what carry us through these live streams. They're they're what carry us through the, the grind that comes with some of this content. Um, guys, just some reminders of what we have coming your way here soon. Um, we got merch. We got some merch coming your way. Enjoy the in-between, guys. Um, you can find that on our website here in just a couple of weeks. Um, we also have some Dynasty Ranks and some projections coming to our Patreon. So if you're not a member of our Patreon, now is the time to get over there. We're going to help you win your drafts this season. Um, this podcast now moving forward, we're also going weekly. So check back in with Nate and I. Um, we'll have Scott and Jen on here occasionally as well. Um, Nate, been an awesome time, man. If anyone yeah. is in Canton over the weekend, please stop by, see Nathan and I and the gang. Guys, again, one more time, if you're new to the In Between Media YouTube channel, if you dig feel-good lifestyle advice with fantasy sports analysis, that includes fantasy football, fantasy golf, and fantasy NASCAR, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Nate, take care, man. I will see you here in just a couple of days. Adios. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice.